By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 107.1. Yes, it's Friday, so I can get away with Carl Douglas. Kung Fu fighting. Shelly always says off the air, she says, Brad, Brad, play Kung Fu fighting. Play, play Kung Fu fighting. It's my favorite song. Right? <laughs> Whatever you think is going on in your little Brad brain. Yeah, that is the little Brad brain. There's no doubt about that. Okay. Lots hey, of... I like that little Brad brain. There you go. LBB. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now Shelly will never say it again, right? <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, mm. Anyway, you said it. I didn't. Okay. I totally did. <laughs> Uh, rain this morning. Rain, 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 rain. It's been raining rain, rain, since go away. started last night, depending well, on where you're at. This is the lion. Seven, eight o'clock. No, no. It, it it's, is. It's on March 1st. It doesn't. Once you get past the 1st, it doesn't make any difference anymore. Um, oh, it sure does. Here we go again with our temperature. Our temperature here in St. Louis is, I think looked at last time, was 44. In some parts of the Kansas City metro, it's slow, snowing and sleeting because they're almost 10 degrees colder than we are. Is that weird or what? I mean, it's so strange. They're right, you know, they're literally almost due west of us. I mean, if you jump on, if you go to Lambert and you put, you take a plane, you know, take a plane off and you put the the compass heading to two seven zero, which would be due west, you end up in Kansas City. And yet, they get the snow. A lot of times, they get the snow. We don't. They get the cold temperatures, or at least colder temperatures than we get. Remember, it was a couple weeks ago. It was one. One morning, wasn't it like 20 degrees? We talked about this, 20 degrees chilly. colder in, in Kansas City than it was here. It's like, God, that's so weird. Anyway, uh, the this big band of activity that's moving through the St. Louis area, it is huge. If you look at it on radar, it goes, this band goes anywhere from way down in Texas, matter of fact, almost to the point where, um, you know, where Dallas uh, or south of Dallas, it, it's, it starts between Austin and Dallas, and it goes all the way up into Detroit right now and that's as far as the northern part of it goes and it goes all the way onto the east coast and out to Cape Hatteras in the uh, in the you know, the Carolinas area one big monstrous band of activity the uh, the worst of it is already through the St. Louis area but it looks like we're going to have rain I would say what's the official forecast for like noon one two something like that is that what they're saying I I didn't hear her what you didn't hear? Let me see. Uh, Rain forecast for the next hour. Um, seven, eight, it's nine, clear. ten. That's what my computer says. It's forty-four degrees and clear. According to this, according to this, it's supposed to rain all the way through five o'clock. Wow, not good. Rain, 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 rain. And I have some place to go today that I have to go. I have to park and walk like three or four blocks. No fun. Do you want a Poncho? umbrella? No, umbrellas are for wimps. Real okay. men. Real men. Going there like a drowned wet puppy. <laughs> real men don't use umbrellas. What are you talking about? That's not about? true. Yes, real men don't use umbrellas. Okay. See, that's just it. We don't. I know. Next six hours. Whatever you say. Next six hours. Um, lots of stuff to talk about this morning. Sort of a shocker, at least it was to me, because I'm driving around last night. And listening to stations got news at the top of the hour. And the top of the hour newscast was, the verdict is in in the Alex Murdoch trial. 
And I'm going, it just went to the jury like at 2 o'clock. Anyway, I'm thinking to myself, okay, if it comes back that quick, he is innocent. And I thought to myself, okay, the jury's in. You know, they'll wait till Friday morning to bring the jury in and, and give the verdict. Nope, they did it last night. Guilty on all four counts. Really? Guilty. Two counts of murder. The big G. And a count of, uh, one count of, there's laws in, in, in uh, South Carolina. Apparently, if you commit a crime with a weapon, you know, it's it's a certain, you know, nasty crime. And there's two weapons crimes in there. So two counts of murder. So do they get incarcerated? Oh, man. I mean, I mean, if you watched. Because I, people I, here don't. No, I watched a video. Uh, they had the video of, I mean, they've had, you know, they've had covered this trial. They've got like probably four or five cameras in that courtroom. And he was, they had like a split screen where, uh, you know, the, the jury comes back and the clerk takes the verdict from the jury and she walks it over to the judge and the judge looks at it for a couple of minutes and reads all the different, there's four sheets of paper, you know, each one of the, each count. And then he gives it to the clerk and the clerk stands up in front of the court and she reads the four. And the first time, you know, the first one was murder, you know, guilty. She reads the whole, you know, the, the charges and all the, the goofy numbers, you know, South Carolina code SC 4605 or whatever the stuff is. And he didn't even flinch because they had a split screen of her on one side and him on the other side. He didn't even flinch. And then she reads the second murder vic, uh, verdict, blah, blah, blah. And what's interesting was it was almost like in the movies because as, as the verdicts were read, the court bailiffs, you know, the police officers in the court, they come up and they surround him. There's one, you know, he's still standing up at his, because everybody's standing in the courtroom and he's standing and his attorneys are flanking him. And there's one, you know, bailiff on his right, one bailiff behind him, one bailiff on his left. So the judge goes into the whole thing, you know, gives all these things. And then they do the motions and the defense immediately, you know, says, uh, you know, we want to file a motion for mistrial. And he denies that motion. And then they go to the prosecution. Prosecution, you're able to uh, start the penalty phase of the of the trial. And the prosecutor says, "Yep, tomorrow morning, 9:30." And the judge says, uh, "You know, to the defense, you know, will that work?" And he says, "Yes, we can do that. 9:30 tomorrow morning." So then the the judge is winding it down. As he's winding it down, the police, you know, the bailiff guys. It was it was actually two guys and a gal. They sort of turn him around. They put the handcuffs on him, and off he goes. I mean, it's 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 just sort of, you know the whole thing. If you watch the trial, it's just I mean the guy just lied, 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 and that's all he did. And even to the point, if you know the they say the turning point of the trial was he claimed like the pathologist could pretty much tell exactly what time they were murdered. You know they well like they claim I think it was like was seven forty nine or something like that. 749 on whatever this day was in July. And the um, he claims he wasn't there. He claims it is his mom's house. And then the I believe his son, Paul, had an iPhone. And this is like this. If you remember this crazy story that happened with these, uh, I don't know if you remember this, these crazy people that went and shot up that city in California. It was like a guy and a gal. And they, they the guy worked there. And he shows up for a Christmas party, I think it was. And then he shows up in all black ninja kind of clothes, him and his girlfriend or something like that. And they kill all those people that work for the city. And then they had a huge police chase where they're literally, you know, flying down the streets and shooting each other and stuff like that. Well, the the, the bottom line was 
they tried to get into his phone. Remember this? And they couldn't get into his phone because he had a he had a passcode on his phone. It was an iPhone. And I didn't know this, but supposedly if you put in the wrong code so many times, it locks the phone forever and you can never get in. It's like almost like a you know like a Mission Impossible thing where if you do the passcode so many times, the phone just burns up. I mean, it doesn't physically burn up. Well, that was the turning point in the trial because while the trial was going on, they finally got into his son's Paul's phone, and there's a video, a short little video, of them talking about one of the dogs, and one of the dogs had picked up a chicken in his mouth and was running around with this chicken in his mouth, and obviously it's time-stamped, and he was there at like 7.45. And they go, well, you told us you were at, you were at your mother's house. Well, I lied. I mean, like... Did he say that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He says, you know, I mean, there's one, there was one day I just, I didn't watch this, like, in, intently, but there was one day when it really caught my attention where they, the, the prosecuting attorney had, like, 30 questions that he asked him in a row. You know, and these questions were like, you know, did you tell your partners that, 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 uh, uh, you know, you did blah, blah, blah? And he said, and the prosecutor says, was that the truth? No. And then he would say, next question, did you tell blah, 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 that this was the case? Yes, I did. Was that the truth? No. <laughs> it's like, holy cow. Because if you know the whole crazy story, he's supposedly hooked on drugs and he's doing all these things. He's stealing money from his law firm. He's doing this. He's doing that. You know, they all, and I don't know if you know this part of the story, they're now opening a case that was like five or six years ago where one of the kid's son died mysteriously and was found in a field somewhere beat to hell and you know his ho- his ho- housekeeper fell down the steps at 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 her house and what the prosecutor was saying that that what he was doing all this stuff why he killed his 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 uh his wife and and daughter or wife and son is that that morning the law firm officially confronted him about missing money. The CFO of the law firm, I think it was a woman, came into his office and said, uh, and by the way, did you know his name is, his real name, his first name is it's Richard? It's not Alex? His name is I did not know that. Richard Alexander Murdaugh. And I go like, his name's not even Alex? It's, and, and I'm going like, that's weird. I've never heard that before. It's not his real name. Graham. Yeah, Richard, Richard's his first name. I guess he didn't want to be, be uh, known as a dick. That could be. Yeah, you know. That is a side effect. That's one of those problems you have when you're Richard. Mm-hmm. People can call you Ricky or Rick or Rich or Dick. I have, I have to tell you. It's like Dick. I've never Don't understood that. How is a Robert called a Bob? You know? I mean, and how is a, a David called a Dave? And how is an Anthony called a Tony? You know? I mean, can you explain? You, your husband's a David. Does he go by David? He doesn't go by Dave. He goes I by, call him David, but everybody else calls him Dave. Okay, so I can see where you got D A V I D and D A V E are pretty close, but and then D A V E Y, which is Davey? my bonus son. Da- that's his. That's his actual God-given name. What do you call him, Davey? It's D A V E Y. It's not his God-given name. His name is David. But he's a junior, though, probably right. Um, actually he's a one, he's a two. He's a two. Okay. But, but he has the exact same name as your husband, except he's got a two behind it instead of a, instead of, I'm, I'm correct. Bra- I'm Brad Hildebrand the first. Did you know that? I did not. <laughs> yes. I've come from a long line of royalty. Right. 
Yeah, so do I. Royal Crown Coles is where I come from. Yeah. Okay. Royal Crown and Ripple. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, the high-class parties. Anyway, no more stuff in the Murdoch trial, although I think the sentencing guidelines is 30 years to life on each sentence. I, you know, But then he's still got 99 other crimes he's going to go to trial for, all these financial crimes. 99. I mean, what's he thinking? Does he think he can get away with stuff like that? And you know what the bizarre thing is? I read this story about him yesterday. He's got... They talk about how he he's like so prominent in that area because for years his family essentially has run the prosecutor's office. He's got blue lights in the dash of his car and in the in in the, the grill of his car so he can go to crime scenes quicker. And he has a badge, and he carries a badge with him. And it's interesting because you know the whole part of the story that how this whole thing sort of unwound is his son allegedly was piloting his boat drunk at night and they hit a bridge you know, on a lake or something they were on or, or a creek or a river or something like that. They hit a bridge and one of his girlfriends was killed and the family was suing the family of the girl. I think her name was Mallory Beach. They were suing the Murdochs for like $50 million. And that's when the wheels started to come off because apparently they had a really good case. And what happened was that he shows up at the hospital the night that his son, because everybody in the boat was injured. His son was pretty badly injured, but the one girl unfortunately died. And he shows up at the hospital, and there's security camera vid- video of him having his badge, like on his, you know, like they have the badge on, like on their, on their, their belt. You know what I'm talking about? You know, like the detectives wear the badge in their belt. He's yes. got this badge, like in his pocket. It's it's on the on the front of his pants, and he's walking around. And during the trial, they asked him. They said, "When you went to the hospital, why would why did you display that badge?" And his answer was, "It makes the law enforcement officers." more prone to be nice to me because I'm a fellow badge-carrying person. And the story is he went from room to room to room with all these kids who were in the boat who were injured and said, now, nah, when the people come in and ask you what happened, you tell them my son was not fly- was not driving the boat. He's trying to get his son off in the hospital. I mean, bizarre. You know, I mean, there's going to be... Netflix. There already is. Somebody told me there's already a Netflix special on this. I don't know. This is going to be like one of these things where you're going to see a, see it like for the next 20 years. The Murdoch trial. I don't know. I think it's sad. I mean, and now, if you want to say, you know, legally, you can come out and say, yeah, he killed his wife and his, and his son. He did it. It was him. He was a murderer. Double murderer. Cold blood. Shot his, you know, shot his son with a shotgun. Shot his wife with a with a with a, a thirty blackout rifle. I mean, like, how bad is that? Yep, dead, murdered, stabbed. I'm telling you. Okay, we have to take a break at six forty-seven. Yep, break. Don't you like that song? It's always been a good positive song for me. It's Talking Heads. It goes way back for that one. You like it? I do. On a scale of one to ten. Mm, seven. Wow, that's not very good. It is in my world. What would you give a, a 10 to? What song would you give a 10 to? Hmm. Oh, My Immortal. <laughs> Which we're not going to play on this station. Which I think that is just so wrong. It's my only birthday wish, and you're not going to give it to me. When I put this station on the air, I said, no slow songs. We don't play. You play whiny songs all the time. Well, whiny and slow are different. If, oh my gosh! If you have whiny, Re- not really. The worst is whiny slow songs. 
you know, yes. I can tolerate whiny if it's got a beat to it. But if it's slow and whiny or if it's just slow, no thanks. Got to keep the tempo up. We don't play slow stuff. We don't play slow music in the station. None. There's no slow songs on there. Ever. No ballads. No, no, Beth, I hear you calling. You know, none of that kind of stuff. No journey. No, like, you know, uh, what's the journey song? None of that stuff. No slow. That was a journey song? <laughs> did you pick up, did you get which one it was? Uh, uh, what's the, uh, no color my world. No. None of that on this radio station. No. For, forbidden. Prohibited. But it's Break the Format Friday. You could but break the format play it Friday. and you wouldn't get in trouble. I got a new song coming up I've never played before on Friday. That I played, okay. that I, that I, one of my favorite songs, that it's sort of an obscure song. When I play it, you're going to go, I've never heard that song before. But it was, it was, it wasn't a huge hit. It was a hit hit. It was like not a monster hit. It wasn't like number one for like 10 weeks or anything like that. Matter of fact, I don't think it ever made it to number one. You know, what's interesting. You go back through the history when I literally, when I was doing research for the station and I was going through a lot of the number ones, a lot of the number ones sucked. You know, just because it was number one, and, you know, it's the part like, okay, why did this song make the number one? It's terrible. Sometimes it's just goofy things. It's movies that, you know, songs came out of, you know, that kind of stuff. Anyway, uh, last break, we're talking about names. The smartest woman in the world. This is why she's the smartest woman in the world. She is This is what she sends me. She says, the name John was possibly known since biblical times or excuse me, popularly known since biblical times. Throughout the 17th century century or Middle Ages, due to Germanic tongues, the name John was somewhat changed to Jankin, J-A-N-K-I-N, or Jackin, J-A-C-K-I-N. Why would it be Jackin? As an outcome, they used the name Jack as a nickname for John. Every person named John normally uses Jack as their alias. So blame the Germans. My, 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 blame the Germans. My father-in-law was actually named Jack. That was his name. He was not a John. He was Jack. See, once again, we talk about this, like, for example, Shelly. People call you Shell, right? They do. I get that. But you know what You know what people call me? If, and my real name's Bradley. You know what they use as an alternative to that? Um, can I say it on the air? Ronaldo. That's what they call me. Hey, Ronaldo. Yes? Oh, they do not. Oh, all the time. Didn't you know oh, that? Oh, please. An alternate for the name Bradley is Ronaldo. Oh, it is not. It is, too. Ask whatever. Do you know anybody whose name is Brad? You. I ask my son-in-law. He'll tell you. Okay, ask him. Brad Butte, Brad Cox. I told you the the goofy story when I was in high school. One year, I guess I was. I think I was a junior or senior. The trombone. There were three of us in the trombone section. Me, Brad Butte, and Brad Cox. Three Brad sitting right next to each other. What are the odds of that? Brad cubed. No, yeah, Brad. What are the odds of that? Now, once again, if it were back in the day, if it were Dave or Tom or Robert, you know, I'll never understand the one become Robert and Bob. Once again, Robert should be Rob. You know, just chop off the Bert. You know, how does it become Bob? You know, Bob, woman's best friend. What? <laughs> never mind. Bob, the woman's best friend. <laughs> Say that again one more time. No, because I don't know what it means. <laughs> what does it mean? 
Say it one more time for me. Say No, say, I'm not going to do it. Say what you said before. Nope. <laughs> say what you said before. Nope. Come on, say what you it's said It's not going to happen for Oh, anyone. what? Come on. Come on. Be a team player. Come on. Oh, look. It's 6.58. But <laughs> it's too early. We can't break that early. We have to break at 6.59. Uh, uh, okay. I heard a guy. We'll, we'll talk about this next hour. Hold, who's dinging me? Somebody's... Some, not me. Uh, why is it here? Here we go. We're at, Mike Otten just sent me this. Why is a bathroom called a John? Ex- explanation. Okay. <laughs> I have to read this. Um, you going to do it out loud? Well, you have no time right now. Okay. We don't have time right now. We have to take a break. Well, it's I'll, still 6.58. Okay. Uh, there are two main reasons many people call bathroom the John. The first is the name John is an archetype of the name Jack or Jake we already talked about. When toilets started to replace holes and chamber pots, some people called the toilet mm-hmm. a Jake or a Jack. That's simply because Jack and Jake were common names. Eventually, the names Jack and Jake would often replace the name John. It became popular to refer to a toilet as a John. The second reason has to do with the invention of the flushing toilet. John Harrington was a poet and inventor. He lived quiet, uh, during Queen Elizabeth's first reign. He came up with the idea of creating a toilet that was capable of flushing itself. This would push the waste further down the pipe and away from the homes. The idea was quite exciting since people weren't exactly in love with their homes, smelling like a bathroom all the time. Harrington would eventually go to install such a toilet in Queen Elizabeth's chambers. He also bit, well, bit, bit one for himself, and his name was John. So his name, John, arguably became linked with the idea of, of a flushing toilet. That's the short explanation. Yep, 659. <sighs> I'm not ready yet. So hold on a minute. Say something. i got to fix the computer here real quick. Something. Okay, now say 659. 659. It is BS.show. One of my favorite songs. Haven't heard that in a long time. You know what song I- that is? Uh, no, I've never heard it. You've never heard that song before? It's by a group called, if I gave you a hundred guesses, you wouldn't guess the name of that group. Jay Bong and the One Hits. <laughs> Almost. That's Good Charlotte that has twin brothers and one brother's got, I don't know if he had the tattoos removed, but he had these weird tattoos in his face that made it look like he's like a clown that's crying or some weird stuff like that. It's called Girls and Boys. Boys laugh at girls when they're not funny. Boys don't. Uh, girls don't like boys. Girls like cars and money. That's the that's the hook in the song. Is that true? You like cars and money? Money is not my motivator. But cars are. I do like cars. Yeah. So, so I guess I'm and not paper and <laughs> nice socks. I guess I get nice socks. Mm-hmm. Are you wearing nice socks or dude wearing nice socks? The dude wears nice socks. You you say that I. <laughs> I don't I don't understand that. I don't understand that at all. There is nothing more attractive than a man that's papered and has nice socks. So my 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 crew socks from from Haynes, which by the way, you know, I told you the story when I was still in the the prospectors before they kicked me out. Um the one lady in there, you know who her name? Sandy, Sandy Stegman, I believe her was her name. Uh-huh. Um who does the um the what t-shirts and stuff like that she's yep. like ad specialty person she got up one meeting she says we are no longer using Hanes t-shirts because the quality's gone bad you know what i agree with her i've got i've got i do too i've got Hanes underwear that's older than some of my kids okay but if i buy the new Hanes underwear six months it's in pieces and same thing like with socks i've got Hanes, you know white crew socks i've had for years and years and years about two years i bought the new version of the Hanes socks now 
they could go on an elephant's foot and still have room. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they they just stretched out to the point where, like, if I pull, put them on, they instantly fall down to my ankles. There's no stretch left in them anymore. I'm going like, okay, what happened to the old Hanes? And she says, what happened? It went to China. That, really? Yeah, she says all the production. That's what she says. She says all the production's in China now. That the Americans, they don't make an America anymore. Americans were the good socks, you know, and, and now anything in China is junk. See, the Chinese are going to take us over by... They're, clearly. By, you know, essentially, you know, like, for example, when we had, like, I've told the story before, and this is sort of Nerdville kind of story, but we were having some work done on our tower, and the tower crew was there, and they had this big old van that had all their climbing gear in it, you know, all their harnesses and all the turnbuckles and snatch blocks and stuff like that. And on the when you open up the rear door of the... the um, trailer there was all these safety notices and there was this big notice that said warning no chinese hardware remember that i think you saw it didn't you remember? i did and i said to one of the guys okay what does that mean and he goes oh the chinese hardware is junk and he says he says he says there have been guys killed because of the fact that they're trying to cheap out and they're using you know cheap chinese climbing gear the belts break, you know, like, or the, the latches break. They're, like, hanging off the side of a tower. Belt breaks, bunk, made in China. And he said the worst part of it is now that some of the stuff that's made in China, they actually stamp it with, like, that's made in America, and they stamp it with, like, OSHA approved and stuff like that. And it's not. You know, there's an ANSI rating. I don't know if you know what ANSI is. You know what ANSI is? ANSI. Right. There's an ANSI rating, and there's OSHA rating and stuff like that. And the stuff that's made in China, it's just junk, but they just stamp it. You know, China you know, approved. It's like, for example, I have something here at the radio station that requires a 24-volt DC power supply. I went through probably in the, in the span of like two years, maybe five of these power supplies. They just literally blow up. I mean, literally, there'd be a part in them that'd blow up because when I pick them up, you'd shake and there's parts flying around. It's never good when you pick up a piece of electronic equipment and you shake it and there's parts rattling around inside of it, you know? So... I went to, and the problem was I couldn't find an American-made power supply. I finally found one, and it cost me three times as much as the Chinese power supply. It's lasted for three years. So you figure that, you know, all it had to do was last two months, and it paid for itself. You know, and, and still, a lot of stuff, you know. I mean, anyway, how do we get talking about that? You. How do we get talking about that? Okay, I am fascinated by the law, and sometimes these goofy, weird cases. There's this bizarre case that's going on in in um, Illinois, and it involves, of all people, it involves White Castle. And what are they ditching on my White Castles for? Well, this is get this. If, if, are they closing all their stores? No, 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 no. This is in Illinois. This is just in Illinois. Okay. Okay. It's in Illinois. And there's a group of class action attorneys that are suing White Castle for, are you ready for this? $18 billion. Okay. 18 million billion dollars. 18 billion with a beep dollars. Okay. And when I explain this to you, you're going to go, what? I'm They're- already going, what? <laughs> what? Okay. Hold on a minute. <laughs> you threw it on the gauntlet. <laughs> I haven't used Stop that one. Stop it. You haven't used that one in a while. Where is it? Is it number 10? Here it is. Here. I've used it. What? <laughs> You're off key that a little bit there. That is not me. That is you. <laughs> That's not me either. What? 
<laughs> okay. Who is it? I can't tell you. So there's it's a, not me. There's a group of class action attorneys, and they're probably over in Edwardsville because that's where the class action attorneys hang out over in Edwardsville. Okay. The reason they're suing them, White Castle, is because they claim that White Castle has violated the state's Biometric Information Privacy Act, BIPA, B-I-P-A, okay? BIPA. They violated the Biometric Information Privacy Act. You know how they did that? White Castle went with a system where when you sign into your computer, you use a White Castle, or when you, because you, they're, doing, they're doing a computerized payroll thing, and you go to the computer system that's in White Castle, there's a little pad that you put your finger on, and it reads your fingerprint. So when they hire you, they take your index fingerprint and they put it in the computer system. And essentially, when you go to sign in your computer, instead of typing in a password, you stick your finger on this little pad and it reads your fingerprint and bangle boingo, the computer turns on and it knows it's you. Yes. Okay. They're suing because... They've been using using that in the government for years. Well, guess what? In Illinois, it's illegal. Really? Yes. Because of the Biometric Information Privacy Act, the BIPA, Biometric Information Privacy Act. And it says that, uh, and, and here's what it says. Here's the latest version. The reason they're suing for $18 billion is the Violation Act provides that every time an employer violates the law, it's a $1,000 fine. So they figured out, well, there's been 9,000 employees in, in White Castle in, in White, White Castle restaurants in Illinois, and the average employee puts his finger on the computer screen, you know, or computer reader, whatever, the fingerprint reader, X amount of times per shift. So they're saying that, like, if you, if you worked at White Castle in Illinois, and every time you put your finger on the computer screen to turn it on or, you know, sign in, in the course of a night, maybe, let's say you did it 10 times, there's $10,000 fine. 10,000. And if you figure there's, you know, six or seven or eight people working at White Castle, times, times, let's say there's 10, there's a $100,000 fine in one shift. That's one shift. That's why they're saying it's $18 billion. I'm going like, okay, give it a rest. Give it a rest. You know, I mean, (laughs) I mean, but here's the bizarre part of this is, let's say they were successful. Okay. White Castle would have to do one of two things, either shut down or declare bankruptcy. Either way, all these people that have jobs that are working at White Castle in Illinois, not only in Illinois, Missouri, and all the other states they're in, out of business. Uh, nobody has a job anymore. All these people lose their jobs. People are making car payments by working at White Castle. People make Maple making their house payments. People keep you know putting money to put their kids through school. You know buying groceries. Gone. Who cares? And and what happens? The attorneys get like you know. Nine, of the 18 billion, they get 17.9 billion, and the employees get free White Castle gift certificates. You know that's the way the the class action suits normally work. You know what I mean? I mean, how many times? And to the point where, at one point in time, you know, if you ever read these class action suits, they usually read like you know, like you know, you know, plaintiff, and they show like 10 names or something like that et al, which means and others, and then one time my name actually showed up in one of those suits. And I can't remember what I bought. I bought something. It was some like consumer product or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. I had to register online, a warranty or something like that. And my name showed up as one of the plaintiffs. And I petitioned the court to have my name removed because I didn't agree to that. I didn't, I didn't say, I, you know, I, I wasn't suing them. It wasn't me. I could care less. 
class action suits. God, nasty stuff. Haven't you ever gotten those stupid things where you want a class action suit and you get a coupon in the mail? Hey, we just want to inform you. (laughs) Not 10 bucks would be a good one. You know, most of them are like like $1.50 or something like that. Hey, you get a free roll of Cottonelle bath tissue. Oh, wow, a free roll of bath tissue. That's just what I wanted. Enhancing the go. (laughs) No, that's the wrong one. That's that's Charmin. So you don't even know your bath tissue. Yes, I do. I knew that was Charmin. But I said Cottonelle. I didn't say Charmin. I said Cottonelle. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Excusez-moi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I now, still like Mr. Whipple the best. <laughs> wait till I tell you this one. Mr. Mike Otten sent me this one. And this is not a, a, a funny, ha-ha joke story. This is a true story. It's a story. funny, peculiar story. In, in, in 2021, Ford Motor Company applied for a patent and it just recently was published, which means it's going to be issued by the U.S. United States Patent and Trademark Office, okay? 2021, two years ago, they applied for a patent. It takes years typically to, typically to get a patent. It's going to be issued by the United States Patent and Trademark Office, okay? What's the patent for? I don't know. A self-repossessing vehicle. If you're me? A self-repossessing vehicle. If you don't make your car payments... Repossesses and repossess? Yes. If you don't make your car payments and your car is just going to start up and drive itself back to the dealership. Uh-huh. I, I'm not Giant kidding. Cab. I'm not kidding you. Here, And there's other ramifications. If you get behind on your payments, they're going to turn off certain functions of your car. So if you, if you get behind on your payments and let's say you missed a payment... You may go out to your car one morning and you jump in your Ford and you turn on the ignition. It's hot summer and the air conditioning doesn't work. And you go like, why is my air conditioning doesn't work? Why doesn't the radio work? And on the infotainment screen, it's going to say, hey, you missed your payment last month. So we've turned off your air conditioner and we've turned off your radio. If you want the air conditioner and the radio to work, make a payment and we'll turn them back on. Honest to God, I'm rigid. <laughs> Where did you make this up in your little Brad? Line? I'm not making this up. Are you sure? Okay. That sounds like a Brad thing. Here, hold it. Let me read. This is out of the article. A new Ford patent published in February last month imagines a future where the automaker could remotely disable critical aspects of a vehicle if you're late on payments. Then adding fuel to, f- to your fears, autonomous cars could repossess themselves if you fall far enough behind on your big monthly payment. Now, here it says, while the United States Patent Office received the ID in 2021 titled Systems of Methods to Repossess a Vehicle, the patent was formally published on February 23rd. Just because Ford submitted such a patent doesn't mean the technology will ever go to see the light of day. That said, it's a scary thought. Any vehicle with a data connection could be susceptible to features like the radio and AC being disabled, which could nudge those behind on payments and dodging repossession to stop driving the car or truck. At first, an owner behind on a loan could potentially get delinquency notices sent to the infotainment display, which could be embarrassing if others in the car. So you, you pick up your boss. Your boss calls you. Hey, uh, I, my car's in for the shop. Could you pick me up in my house? Sure, boss. You go by his house, and and, and when you're driving in the work on the infotainment system on the screen, of the card says, "It says, dear, dear, dear Brad, you're behind in your payments. Please make a payment today, or we're going to turn your car off." Now they already do that. And some of these used car lots, the buys, buy here, pay here lots, you know what I'm talking about? They already do that. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Okay. We did advertising years ago. I won't say the name of the, of the car dealer, but he had a 
buy here, pay here lot. And typically the buy here, pay here lots, there's a, that's not as big as it used to be, but they, they came in like 20, 25 years ago. And the idea behind them was that a car dealer, well, let's say would get a car that's sort of a beater, but yet he can fix it up a little bit. Let's say he pays $2,000 for it, okay? And let's say the blue book on the car would be like $10,000, okay? So he buys the car for an auction for $2,000, maybe puts, you know, $1,000 into it, fixes it up, and then he puts it on his lot for $99.95. So in other words, he's got 3000 in it, and the idea being is that somebody comes along and they don't have any credit. They don't have $10,000 cash. They don't have any credit. So it's a buy here, pay here. So what he does is he sells you that car, but he essentially carries the paper. He totes the note, and they called it. So in other words, he is essentially loaning you the money. The idea being is that if you if it's $10,000 car, he's got $3,000 in the car, you got $3,000, you give him $3,000. So essentially, he's even on that car. He hasn't lost any money, he hasn't made any money. But every month you make a payment, he's making money. So if you pay that car off, you're a good little doobie and you pay off all the payments, he's made $7,000 plus he's charging you interest. You know, he's the principal plus interest. He's probably charging you 30% interest. Well, the problem is a lot of people who are... Who, who would take a 30% interest loan? No, no. I know people. I mean, look at credit cards. 29. Most credit cards now are like 29.5 or something like that. I had a, the same credit card for 30 years. And now the... And the, the, the credit... And it's like 29%. I'm telling you. You know, people all the day. Okay, so what they do is they go to... And typically, it's like an alarm company that does car alarms or something like that. And they put this gizmo underneath. They go and they, they change the wiring in the car. And they put this gizmo in the car, which does two things. A, it has a GPS tracker on it. So if you don't make your payment, they know where to come and get your car. And B, they can remotely turn off your ignition. So in other words, if you don't make your payment, this is so icky. Oh no, doing this. This is uh, this is true. I mean, this has been going on I for years. I believe it, and it's icky. They I don't t- like it. I don't feel good about it. They need to stop. They turn your car off because you didn't make your payment, and you call the dealer. Hey, my car won't start. Yes, we turned it off because you're behind in your payment. You know, once again, I mean, Ford's gonna Ford's gonna take it one step further. Hey. We're going to warn you. You're, you're, you're a month late in your payment. We're turning your air conditioner off. Well, it's the summer. It's hot. We don't care. I guess in the winter, they turn your heater off. So your heater doesn't work, and you're freezing your and car. And see, to me, right? that would be a uh, class action. Well, they can do, you know, you know, you know why it's not a class action? Why? It's the golden rule. You know what the golden rule is? He who has the money makes the rules? Right. He who has the gold makes all the rules. That's what the golden rule is. See, the government goes by that. The government has all the money. Who has more money than the government? Nobody. Not even Tesla. Not even Elon Musk. You yeah, know, but he, isn't our debt overloading our actual cash? If you do the network, the net worth of the United States, we're like we're like in negative net worth. Seriously. Sounds I mean, like me. <laughs> well, but, but going back to this Ford thing, so I'm going... See... Here's the problem. And did you know also there's an ad running that I've, it's not on our station, but I've heard in other stations. And it's true. There's an executive order that Joe Biden has signed. This is not any BS. And I know the smartest woman's going to send me, I can't believe it. You're, you're spewing falsehoods again. Joe Biden has signed an executive order for the Treasury Department to essentially experiment with a digital dollar. And they're doing this in Europe, in Europe right now. They're talking about a digital euro. And the idea being there would be a day when cash goes away and everything's digital. So if you go to the store, now here's the interesting thing. This is to the point where like if like let's say you, uh, let's say you like expensive cigars, 
the government could say, eh, we don't think you should be able to have an expensive cigar because A, you shouldn't be smoking, and B, cigars shouldn't be $100 a cigar. So if you go with your digital currency to the cigar store and you pull out your, your, your debit card and you swipe it, the thing will say, eh, sorry, you can't buy a cigar because you don't make enough money to smoke $100 cigars. So uh, purchase declined. Well, I got money in my account. Oh, the government says you can't, you can't have a, a cigar. You think I'm kidding about this? I mean, this is this and and the sad. I don't think you're kidding about it because they're doing that with a lot of other things as well. Well, they're trying to do that with guns right now. They're trying to put in. They're doing and, that with uh, opioids as well. Well, what? But they But see, here's the the crazy thing. Okay, the crazy thing is that we already have have essentially surrendered to the man. The man being Google and Facebook and the government and stuff like that. And you see all this stuff coming out with the with the Twitter files, the how the FBI if you the read Twitter files. Oh my god, if you read these documents going back and forth between Is this Twittergate? No, no, this is before Elon Musk took over. There's an FBI agent in I think his name was Chan in San Francisco who's like on first name basis with all the Twitter people and he's saying, "Hey, turn this guy's account off." They turn his account off. FBI guy who said, hey, do this. Hey, turn this guy's account off. Hey, tell me everything this guy's, you know, searching the last two months. Hey, give me all this guy's tweets for the last three years. That is so creepy. I, tell me about it. And Ugh. and they deny that. But, but you know, once again, I have, I had, I mean, this is going way back when, when Brad, did I ever tell you this? I worked as a police dispatcher. Did I ever tell oh you that? Oh my gosh, you did? Uh, yeah, I did. I I saw this back in the day when I was, this is like a long time ago before smartphones and all this other kind of crap. There was already stuff that was like, okay, this is sort of scary. I mean, you know, like for example, uh, you know, I, I told you the bizarre story, which I told this story recently to somebody and they told me I was a liar. I worked for a police department in Illinois, okay? And when we got hired, we had, and it probably still named the same thing, the, uh, the, the system in Illinois is called LEADS, Law Enforcement Agency Data System. It used to be, at least it used to be. I have to look that up. In Missouri, it's called MULES, M- Missouri Uniform Law Enforcement System, okay? All these acronyms, okay? I went to a training seminar put on by the Illinois State Police, and this was a sergeant with the Illinois State Police. We went to a seminar in Collinsville, not at their headquarters. We went to a bank building. There was a bank building that had a big conference room in. And all the dispatchers in this area of Illinois, the new dispatchers, were told to go to this conference to learn the computer system. So for two days, we learned the computer system, how to run license plates and VINs and, and 27s and 28s and all that kind of stuff, 29s, all that kind of police jargon stuff. At the end of the two days... The sergeant stands up in front of the class and says, now, boys, and it's all men, all men in this class, no women. Now it's weird because most dispatchers are women. Now, boys, he was a good old boy. Boys, you know, you know how you do things. You get better at doing things. You do it over and over and over. So here's what you do. I know some of you for smaller departments, you're not going to run a lot of inquiries in a computer system. So what you need to do is you need to throw uh, one of those legal pads in the front seat of your car. I swear to God, this is what he said. And he says, when you're driving along, if you see a good-looking gal, you write down her license plate number. And when you get to work, you let's say you saw four or five good-looking gals driving around, you write down her license number. And when you get to work, you run them on the computer system. You find out who they are. And you know what? If they if it comes back in their name, you know, you can maybe research, see if they're single or not. And you just might show up at their door one night, knock on them and say, hey, I saw you on the highway the other day. You're an attractive woman. Let's go out for a drink. That's what the guy said. This was a sergeant from ISP. I'm going like, if that would happen today and that would get out, 
they would close down the Illinois State Police. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> they would be out of business. History. They would. Corey Gardner would be over there saying, you, you cops, you know, we know you guys are all bad. I swear that's a true story. I'm thinking to myself, and I'm thinking to myself, this is creepy, okay? It is creepy. One of my former employees who worked not at this radio station but KSOQ had a good relationship with a police officer friend of hers, and she would brag all the time. All she has to do is call up her friend, and you know somebody in the neighborhood, she doesn't know who it is, she'd call up her friend, run the license plate, which is illegal. It's not supposed to do that. Somebody Why? Like, because... because the, the system is not to be used by personal use. The system, the computer... It's always used by personal use. I told you the story that one years ago when I had a contract with Southwest, Southwestern Bell Mobile Systems. I think I told you the story that their headquarters out there in Manchester, west of 270, you know, their big old building. Now it's just an AT&T building. But when it was Southwestern Bell Mobile Systems a long time ago, um, and I, used to, I had a contract with them. My traffic network company did business with them. And every once in a while, I'd go out there and be this the guy walking around the parking lot. And he'd just walk around the parking lot. And one time he came up to me and he says, hey, man, do you work here? I go, no. He says, okay. And he walks away. So I went in and, you know, I talked to one of the people I was working with. And they said, oh, those are private detectives. I go, what? You know, those private detectives, typically those are private detectives working for divorce attorneys. And I go, okay, explain this to me. Well, you know, back in the day, this is pre-internet, back in the day... If you if you uh, if you were like getting divorced and you were suspecting your husband or wife was cheating on you and you looked at their cell phone and you saw these numbers on their cell phone you know like you know the caller ID in their cell phone and you didn't know who it was uh, you would tell your divorce attorney and your divorce attorney would hire a de- private detective and a private detective would go and hang out in the parking lot at AT and T and he would offer people that worked there fifty or a hundred dollars to run these phone numbers hey. Hey, here, you work at ATT? Yeah, I do. You on the computer? says, yeah. Can you look up customer accounts? Yeah. Okay. Here's 50 bucks. Here's a phone number. Look up this number and call me back at this number and tell me who this is. Okay, fine. They go inside, <laughs> go on the computer system, pull up the call, you know, the 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 you know the number, you know, the phone number, call the guy. Okay, that's that's Shelly Barr, and she lives in St. Peter's. Okay, fine, thank you. How spooky is that? They say the majority of computer theft is not done by hackers coming in on a firewall, against a firewall. It's by people on the inside who are like, you know, disgruntled with their job, you know, or like the situation, you know, you got a buddy who works for the police department, you call him up and say, hey, run this license plate. They're not supposed to do that. That's illegal. But yet they do. It happens all the time. Shelly, get, get with the program here, you know? Things are not what they seem, you know what I'm saying? Evidently not. <laughs> Shelly world and the real world do not align very well. See, that's why the government scares me. It's not it's not the mayor. Well, in some cases, this is the mayor in the city. So it's the mayor. It's the worker bees. It's like what Trump used to talk about, the swamp. It's the it's the low-level workers who, you know, they don't care. You know, hey, I got a government job. That wasn't the case in the FAA. Everyone cared. That's different. You work for- Why? Because because people's lives depended upon you. Exactly. I mean, you had a, a, a duty that if you screwed up, when you're working on that avionic stuff that you worked on, if you didn't do it wrong, a 747 could nosedive into the, into the Mississippi River and everybody on board could be killed. So you had a, but yet, if you work for the Missouri Department of Revenue, who, what do you care? Uh, you know, uh, you know, 
I told you the story about my one license plate got registered to the wrong number. And I've, I've got another deal right now. Remember, my one car, don't give my license plate on the air, but no. my one car that someone has entered in the computer system that the driver in my car is wanted for murder. So when I drive that car and a cop gets by me, runs it, felony traffic stop, happened to me twice. Twice I've been pulled over. Police officers, either guns out of their holsters or their hands on their guns, surrounding me with four police cars so I can't get out of my car because my license number comes up as a wanted for murder. Um, and the person who's wanted for murder is a 23-year-old black woman from North City. Which you are not. Well, you know what? Unless you're feeling that today. I've decided that I'm going to be transracial and transgender and trans age. So today, I am. So, you know, I mean, not to not to stop you, but transracial, yeah. has that come up yet? Oh, yeah. Today, I am. I'm transracial, trans age, and transsexual. So this morning, I'm a 23-year-old black woman. And I'm trans, I'm trans geo, which means I don't live in Podunk anymore. I live in North City. So I'm a, I'm a black young female from North City. So I'm transracial, I'm transgender, I'm trans, I'm transgeo. What else am I? Yeah, but you're not a dog. I could be a dog. Why would you want to be a dog, Brad? Woof, woof. Then I could work at Woofies. Okay, it's 7.32. Woofies. I love Woofies. Is that your drum? My drum. I haven't played my drum on the air in a while, have I? You haven't? It's in the back here. Aw. Can I hit my cymbal? Hold on, let me see if I can hit my, see if you can hear my cymbal. Here, hold on a minute. I hit my cymbal. Did you hear that? I did. Okay, that's my symbol. Boy, it's got your high hat and your souped up tempo. <laughs> You're on the roll. It's time to go solo. Okay, two things. What? I heard a guy the other day, and I'm thinking to myself, this guy is my hero. I heard a guy who is a former federal prosecutor um, who was, you know, prosecuting cases on the federal level, talking about the situation in the city of St. Louis. And he was being sort of quizzed down, isn't? And essentially, is they the, the point was being made? Aren't we at the point of no return in the city of St. Louis? Because there's four thousand cases that have not been that not been prosecuted in the city of St. Louis. Wouldn't it take forever to have those cases prosecuted? Isn't it to the point where they should just dismiss? You know, Kim Gardner should dismiss a bunch of those cases because there's no way in the world you could ever get those cases through court. And you know what his answer was? I thought what? to myself, I love this guy. He says, Yeah. He says, Here's what you need to do. Need to run court seven days a week, twelve hours a day, knock out a hundred cases a day, and just mow through them. And most people go, "Well, hold on a minute. You could have court on Saturday, Sunday. Why not court at night? Remember that goofy show it was night court? Night court, right? Yeah. They had they had court at night, right? What's yes. wrong with that? One of the guys, I can't remember his name, who ran for office in Franklin County, he's running for judge, and. He had a commercial that he recorded with us. He wrote the commercial, came in the studio and recorded it. And his his point was, he said he came out and says, I'm so-and-so running for judge here in Franklin County. And, you know, you hear about the legal system being all, all you know, that it's all, all blocked up. And there's so many cases that are backlogged. Here's the problem. He says, go into any courtroom, any county courtroom, any county on Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock. You know what you'll find? Empty courtrooms. He says, if you elect me judge, that'll end. We'll have court on Friday afternoon. We'll have court on Saturday. We'll have court on Sunday. We'll get through this backlog of cases. I'm thinking to myself, that's private sector thinking. If you're making widgets 
and all of a sudden you run a new advertising campaign on Westplex 107.1, and all of a sudden your demand for widgets goes through the ceiling, you don't tell people, oh, I'm sorry, we can't get you your widgets. We, we only have enough people to make 10 widgets a day. You hire more people if you can find them. And if you hire more people and your plant's full of people, then what you do is you put on a second shift. And then if you still can't meet demand, you put on a third shift. And then you run seven days a week. You have people working Monday through Wednesday, and you have people, you know, Monday through Friday, you have people working Wednesday through Sunday. You put on a sh- – then you build a new plant, okay? That's how things work, you know? But yet not in our government, right? Yes. But what do I know? Just like huh. with, the, with the FAA. I mean, like we have all these, de- you know, the delays at airports now. So what does the FAA do? Hey, let's build build more airports and build more runways. You know, matter of fact, at Lambert, they're putting in three more runways. Do you know that? They are not. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> they don't even they use. They don't even use the ones they have. <laughs> yeah, 1129, or what is it? Yeah, 1129, 1129. That was actually put in after I left. Yeah, W1W, whatever they call it. Yes, the, the, the runway that nobody wants. <laughs> It's so bizarre. It's actually a very cool runway. But the problem is, once again... It's just five miles away from the tower. Think about it for a minute, okay? If you're landing from east to the west, in other words, you're coming in on runway 29, which is the new runway. So... And, and remember when they opened up the runway, they put the signs on I-70, caution, low-flying aircraft. You know, they're still, they're out there on I-70 because yes. they come in right over the hotels and they come in right over 70, right there in front of the airport, okay? Yes. If you land and you do your complete rollout all the way to the end of the runway, you're almost to 270, okay? Yes. Now, think about that for a minute. If you're Southwest Airlines, which is on the other end of the airport, think about how long it would take you if you got in your car... And you drove, I don't know, what's a, a, a big airplane taxi at like, what, 15, 20 miles an hour? I don't know. Let's say you drove from 270, you got on 70, and you drove like Shelly drives at 20 miles an hour from 270. Exactly. Now, <laughs> see, I'm letting Actually, you. Actually, that's not true. You're, you're, I, I, I don't know if I could drive 20 miles an hour. I'm throwing you a softball because I thought for sure you'd say, no, that's Brad driving 20 miles an hour in I-70, right? Well, it is. Okay. Everybody knows that. So if you drove 20 miles an hour from 270 on 70 to the natural bridge exit, which would put you on the east end of the airport, you know, right there where, where, uh, where uh, Larry Flint's Hollywood store is all the time, and I just can't get enough of that store. Anyway, if you drove that... Ew! Overshare! <laughs> if you drove that, that distance, it would probably take you 15 minutes. It's got to be like, I don't know, seven, eight miles, something like that. It's a long distance, you know, from 270 all the way to like it's almost like the jaunt. it's almost all the way to 170. Okay, from 270 to 170. I have to look at a map see how much of a distance is. And if you do if you did it at 60 miles an hour, well, the flight the flight um, line actually goes over 170. Right, right, for the end of the end of the runways. If you did it yes. at 60 miles an hour, it would take you if it was if it was seven minutes, it would take if seven miles it would take you seven minutes. If you did 30 miles an hour, it would take you. 14 minutes. If you did 20 miles an hour, it would take you like 17, 18 minutes. That's why nobody wants to use that runway because of the fact that, you know, you fly from Kansas City. The flight from Kansas City to St. Louis takes 30 minutes, and then it takes you 15 minutes to taxi from the end of runway 29 back to the east terminal. Okay, let's think about that for a minute. You're flying at what? Six, seven hundred miles an hour, and then all of a sudden you hit the runway and you end land at the end of that runway, and it takes you fifteen minutes to taxi back to the to the to the tower or to the the terminal. 
God, crazy stuff. And it's all Shelly's fault. Shelly's the one that consulted. They said, Miss Barr, where should we put this new runway? She goes, knock out those people in Bridgeton. They don't need a house. Okay, fine. Uh-huh. That's why That's she- exactly what they did. I actually knew people who lived that got uh, displaced. Don't we all? I mean, yeah. I mean, I know all sorts of people that used like to live Carrollton. out there. Carrollton was one of the last Which is subdivisions sad to go. because there's nothing out there anymore. It's on, yeah. the, it's on the other side of 270. Yes. The clubhouse is still there. You can drive by and still see the clubhouse. I had friends of mine that lived in Carrollton. It was a nice place. Yeah, it was. It was lovely. Yeah, I had friends of mine that lived in, that lived in Mata. Lived in where? Mata. <laughs> I had a friend of mine that lived in, in North Henway. Mm. And he is, his goal in life was always to move to Henway. Okay. <laughs> nice to have goals. It's not, you're not going to bite on that one, huh? No. 746. It is BS.show. Sammy Davis Jr. The late, great Sammy Davis Jr. God, he was so talented. What a singer. He really was. What a singer, you know? And I have something in common Do with him. Do you know that he has... A, oh. Go ahead. Mm-mm. No, go ahead. Uh-uh. I have something in common with him. What's that? Only one eye. <laughs> You're not gonna Does say that it? mean that? No, but <laughs> I'm not. I can't say it. Go. Okay. Go ahead. Say it. No, I can't say it because it's. Go ahead. Say it. It's probably will get you in trouble. So no, I'm not gonna do it. You get me in trouble? Never. I do enough things to get myself in trouble. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure I'm. I, I help you a little bit. Okay. I got. A referral to this website the other day, and I'm still scratching my head over this. This is a website in in England where they give away, they don't give away, it's like a lottery for Rolex watches, okay? And they put up, like, for example, look at the thing right now, and it says that they, here on the top of the, the, I don't want to sign up, it says, we've given away, and this is in pounds, 8,070,000 pounds worth of timepieces and counting. And you go into the site, and here is a, the Rolex Batman Worth, which, according to this, is worth 16,500 pounds. And they only have so many tickets, and there's a counter on it. It says two days, nine hours, seven minutes, 55 seconds. Only 217 tickets left, okay? And you hit the enter the competition. So it tells you, when you enter the competition, it tells you one of the tickets costs $50. And it tells you there are only so many tickets there, on this one, it says um, number of tickets five hundred and fifty. So in other words, you're, if you buy if you buy one ticket, your chance is one in five hundred and fifty that you'll win this watch. So for fifty dollars, you could win a what did I say sixteen thousand dollar. I just call it dollars because right now the pounds pounds is 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 a pound is worth a little bit less than a dollar. So in other words, if you have one pound right now, I think it's worth like like. Uh, one pound is worth like a dollar twenty or something like that in in conversion right now. So let's just call it sixteen thousand dollars. Would you do that? Fifty bucks, one in five hundred and fifty chance. And this is what they do. They just every day they have a different watch up that you can you know you can go on. You can say okay, I, want- I I probably would do that, especially if. Uh, some of the proceeds were going to a charitable organization. Okay, here's one. The Rolex OP41 Green Dial Free Comp. If you enter the competition, it says this value on this watch is worth $10,000. There's one available. 
And if you look at the odds, the odds are uh, what are things? the odds are forever in your favor. Continue. Uh, da, 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 da. The odds are how many tickets? This one has 500 tickets. Okay, so your chances of winning or winning this watch is one in 500. Fifty dollars maximum watch winners one. So what they're doing is, if you do the math on this, let's say this get they give this watch away. This one sixteen thousand dollars, and there's five hundred fifty people. So if you plug the numbers in, there's five five zero times fifty is twenty seven thousand dollars. So they're buying a sixteen thousand dollar watch, and then when it all five hundred fifty tickets are taken, they give the watch away, and they say they use some internet service that randomly randomly picks a number and you when you win, when you get your ticket you get a ticket number 1 through 550 so the random num- number generator picks a number let's say it's 226 and if that's your number you win the watch they get $27,500 and they give away a watch for $16,000 thinking to myself I should start this <laughs> I mean you know let's let's do a deal where let's go to a car dealer and say hey see that car we want to give that car away. If I give you 100 bucks, will you hold that car for a month? And they go, why are you going to do that? Well, we're going to do a lottery. Okay, fine, we'll hold it for a month. So we go online. Hey, right now you can, you know, lottery tickets are only $100. And let's say it's a $20,000 car. I don't know if you can buy a $20,000 car. Let's say it's $20,000. Uh-huh, that would be like yeah. a Yugo. <laughs> that would be like a skateboard with a little electric motor <laughs> yeah, on the back. Yeah, with a little <laughs> right. horn. Right, wah, okay. Wah. So let's say it's a $20,000 car. So we say, hey. It's the BS dot show lottery. Hey, yes, you want to win this car? We can't talk about that, right? Because it's a lottery. We can't do that on the air. Yes, but but I wonder if we can do it off the air. If we could just call it the BS the BS not on the air dot show lottery. You know what I mean? And and once again, we go to the yeah. car dealership and we say, Hey, how much is that car? How much I sell to it for twenty thousand? Okay, so we sell thirty tickets at a thousand dollars a piece. Okay, so then what we do is, and we say, we won't give the car away, but make it fair to everybody. We won't pull the lottery until we get all 30 tickets sold. So 30 people send us $1,000, and we go with a random generator, and it's ticket number 26, number 26 wins. We go to the car dealership. We give the car dealer $20,000 for the car, and we keep 10. Why are we doing this stupid radio show? We could be doing this all day long, right? Why don't we do that as like a... <laughs> A subset. I mean, how of do they, what we're now, doing? See, let's vertically integrate one, two. Okay, yeah. Shelly and I talk about this because, from time to time, we have clients that want to do some type of a quote-unquote lottery. Yes. Hey, a promotion, and we can't do that in the state of Missouri, and we can't do it with the FCC because we're prohibited from doing lotteries. And as my ex-boss Ron Grubbs used to say. The lottery, a lottery is a triangle. There's three, there's three sides to the lottery triangle. One is prize, one is chance, and one is consideration. So in other words, prize, obviously you're giving something away. Consideration is you have to pay for it. And chance means there's going to be a random drawing. In other words, it's not a skill. See, that's what's interesting. If skill's involved, it's not a lottery. In other words, if, if that's how they can do the hole-in-one contests, you don't see that as much as you used to, but you see Corn a lot. Hole? No, the hole-in-one, like at golf tournaments. You know, like, like, oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. the Chamber of Commerce, a lot of Chambers of Commerce, hey, we're having a hole-in-one con- uh, con- uh, you know, contest. And what they do is they buy an insurance policy, believe it or not. I don't know if you, they're still available, but there used to be a guy here in St. Louis that sell these policies. 
and you could buy like policy was like you know four or five thousand dollars and you would say hey we're having a hole-in-one contest and all it takes is 50 bucks for you if you get a hole-in-one you get this brand new chevrolet corvette and the odds of that are pretty slim so in other words and these guys got it all figured out they you know to the point where you would tell them what golf course it was and they had it in their database. Okay, and what holes? Let's say you say, you know, XYZ golf course, hole three. Oh, that's a par three. It's 165 yards. So they would put in their computer, okay, the odds of someone teeing off from that golf course and hitting a hole in one are one in 10 million. So then they would say, okay, that insurance policy is going to cost you $4,000. So you would pay $4,000 to the insurance company. And then people would show up and you would hopefully get enough money where you, you're paying $4,000 for the insurance policy. And... Let's say 100 people showed up at, you know, $100 a piece. There's, let's say, let's make it easy. Let's say 100 people showed up uh, at, at $50 a piece. So that would be $5,000. So in other words, you pay the insurance company 4000 Nobody hits a hole-in-one. You make $1,000. If somebody does get a hole-in-one, you just still pay the, the $4,000 to the insurance company. And some guy gets, a, you know, a free car that the insurance company pays for. Lloyds of London used to do this until they went and got in trouble. Matter of fact, they got in trouble because the smartest woman in the world audited their books and find out they were scamming people. But that's a whole other That thing. would not surprise me. <laughs> it's 7.59. Say goodbye, Brad. Boy, you're in a hurry to get out of here today, aren't you? No, it's 7.59. But it's... Usually eight... you are like, you know, say goodbye, Shelly. Hey, the... Make it a second. The railroad has to run on time. You know what I mean? Trains have to get here at 7.59. Just like Metrolink, you know, when they say the train comes at 7.59, it's there at 8.59, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, have a real good weekend, Shelly. You too, Brad. I'll talk to you on Monday. Yep, peace and I fly, everyone. As Shelly has prominently displayed on the air verbally, it is 7.59. Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning Show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive, LLC. See you soon.